Hey everybody, welcome to our 2017 edition of our It Takes a Village series. Uh, the brainchild of this uh, comes out of the idea that we believe around Southridge that it takes a whole village to raise a family. That's why we're a church, to support each of us uh, individually and as families. But often people will say, well, who's that extended village that helps raise our family, our church family? And so every July, uh, we hear from some outside voices uh, from our church community to speak into our church community who've had influence uh, over us in the past number of years. And uh, today is no exception. In fact, we're really excited uh, on the 150th anniversary of our country. While we as a community have a little more civic pride than normal, uh, to meet with a very influential civic leader uh, among us, uh, St. Catherine's Mayor Walter Senzik. Thanks, Walter, for being here. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate you uh, sitting down talking with us. Uh, I should say, for those of us uh, from other locations, Walter also uh, does, I'll say, double duty as the, uh, <laughs> as the uh, a representative on our region's council. And so he represents the interests of those in Vineland and Welland uh, as well. And uh, we're here to have a great conversation today. Thanks for being here. Looking forward to it. Uh, can you just give us a little bit of background uh, just on yourself for those of us who uh, maybe aren't as familiar with you? You know, Niagara born and raised, you know, sort of family background, that kind of stuff. Just talk to us a little bit about your, your background. I'll give you the Coles notes. Okay. So born and raised in St. Catharines, third generation on my dad's side from the Senzik side and lived in the North End my whole life and went to Laurier and then pursued my master's at McGill. Started my own company when I was 26. It was in the wine industry, which obviously is a very much important part of our economy makes here locally. Here, yeah. Makes a few <laughs> friends and grew that into a, a, a successful business. Managed to sell that company and then joined the local Chamber of Commerce, right. the Greater Niagara Chamber of Commerce, and worked as a business, a business advocate in the community. And then from there, uh, threw my name into the hat in 2014 and was fortunate enough by the people of the city of St. Catharines to be elected mayor. And for the last two years, it's been quite a ride, mm. quite a ride. And I've enjoyed every moment of it. That's, that's terrific. <laughs> uh, one question that uh, I've curiously asked people in seats like yours, because you mentioned coming out of the uh, working in the chamber. Why does a person want to be mayor? Well, there's a number of different reasons, and I, I think you have to really ask yourself, what is, the, what is the journey you're on? And so the journey I'm on now is to help build a city in which our young people can see the opportunities in, in front of them. So I've got two young kids, uh, Willem and Ella, 12, 12 and 14, and I want them to see the opportunity that I was fortunate enough to see when I was younger, and I'm still living in our community, and I know there's a lot of folks out there who want to see their kids live here. And I, when you touch on family, when you talk about church family, you talk about community, family is the essence of, of what really keeps communities together. And so what we've experienced in St. Catharines and Niagara is an out-migration of younger folks leaving to go to a Kitchener-Waterloo or the London or Toronto or Calgary. And that migration has had an impact on families because as parents get older, and grandchildren come along, they'll either go and seek out their, their, their kids and go live in other communities with them, or you've, you get that, that, that distance, that divide between families. And so we're really focused here at City Council and at the city, at city Hall is to create the conditions, work with businesses 
look at where the economy is going, look at our social fabric and try to create that community in which everyone sees an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, we think that the next generation will see the see that they have a place in St. Catharines. Mm -hmm. And so we can start to rebuild what was lost for a long period of time to no one's fault. It was sheer economics. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's really a strong focus of ours. Mm -hmm. Guys, I just want to call a bit of a timeout so that we're hearing Walter's heart here because uh, in my seat, uh, it's only been in the last number of years that I've had the opportunity to start to get to know and rub shoulders a little bit with civic officials and beginning with Mayor Rigby and then through Mayor McMullen, uh, now uh, worked kind of in partnership with three mayors in the city of St. Catharines. And in every case, I've been struck by your heart to serve the community. These are not people who, you know, this is some kind of financial stepping stone into bigger and better. This is actually relinquishing other opportunities to give back to a grander vision of the part of the world where we live. And uh, I just really appreciate that in all you guys and uh, hope that we can appreciate the, the heart behind uh, what it is that we're going to talk about today. Uh, now, you and I first met while you were on the campaign trail. Yep. Uh, we got together with a mutual friend of ours, a guy named Tim Arnold, who many of us in our community know. And uh, we sat down while you were campaigning over at Cat's Caboose, uh, which is our portable office. And uh, I'm just wondering from your perspective, because we've never talked about this, why did you want to set up that meeting and what were you hoping to kind of learn about Southridge? Well, there's, there's two facets to that. One is the Southridge as, as a community really has a good cross-section of people who resemble where St. Catharines is today and where St. Catharines is going. And so I wanted to meet with yourself and Tim and get a sense of what are you seeing in the community? Mm -hmm. What are some of the pressure points you're seeing? And how, as a, a potential civic leader, how could, how could I be a part of solutions? The other part was the shelter. And at that point, it was, I believe, an eight-year-old shelter. There was a lot of learning that had come out of that shelter. And so what could the role of a mayor play in the issue of homelessness in our community? Mental addiction, looking at poverty was and is a, a very strong part of my campaign at the time and has carried through into my term of office. So I wanted to get a better sense of those, the boots on the ground. And that's where I really look at, at, at Southridge, where it's that boots on the ground, you're doing the heavy lifting. How can, how can the city of St. Catharines be a, a stronger partner in that mm -hmm. and how can we learn from what you're seeing amongst your church family because mm -hmm. you, you, you see the pressure points more than most yeah and I remember really enjoying that conversation I'm curious to know just sort of what what the impact was on you walking away from that what what did you take away as far as what our church is about and how we're sort of seeing the world these days well I think it was the it's the energy and the vibrancy of the church but it's also the forward thinking it's the looking at at community not as a a church that you come to on a Sunday and you spend your time for an hour and a half or an hour and, and then you leave it's about creating the the stronger networks the the family dynamics but also extending that that hand of friendship further into the community and not being afraid of taking on challenges and i i think people have to understand government alone can't solve the problems of society Pro governments alone can't be the solution providers that we've got to ensure that we're working with all the providers but also look at the innovative ones who are pushing the envelope saying you got to take a different approach on this. And I think that's what Southridge had done with the shelters. It took a different approach. And I think it's a successful approach. It's in a model that a lot of other communities are, are replicating and looking to. Hmm. We had a, a very engaging conversation just about how we think about church. And you know, listening to you now, years later, articulate that, uh, and sometimes better than I can, <laughs> that, that church 
uh, in our mind is not just a place you go for an hour a week, but a way of life that we live together that makes a difference in the part of the world where uh, God has placed us. Uh, it really uh, has captivated us, and I know captivated us together as we got to talk about that, so that was super cool. That uh, that initial meeting sparked a friendship with yourself and Tim Arnold, where you started to learn a little bit more about compassion. Um, describe the impact that Tim and those conversations had on you. Well, it's, it's fundamentally where we are today with the Compassionate City Projects, and the origins go back to learning about the shelter and learning about friendship and how you can create a space for an individual who is homeless. You can create a space for someone who is struggling through addictions. And yet it's the extension of the service that goes beyond simply the I'm, I've learned how to deal with an individual in A, B, and C. And so I'm going to follow those steps. The Southridge model is more about also creating that friendship. It's being, it's being unconditional about it. It's, it's saying you're welcome into my house. And in being welcoming to my house, I'm also going to be a friend. And so as Tim and I started talking about what can we do as a city, and attending a couple of poverty summits and, and looking at the, the learned experience of other communities, we started to look at, you can box things off and say, we got to deal with intermissible transit. We got to deal with a living wage. We got to deal with addictions. You can create these boxes and you can try and apply resources and funding to it. But underneath the boxes, there has to be a way of thinking. There has to be a, a, a I believe, a cultural approach to how, how do we as a, a society work on not just the boxes, but the overall environment? And so that's where that compassion came from. And then learning and seeing how the Southridge shelter operates, it became a, we have to do more within us. And I use the word within us as a community and as individuals to see the world in a different way. And so using the lens of compassion, and that's what Tim had had been talking about the time and his experience was, we have all these different lenses we can look at the world in. Frustration, anger, apathy, indifference, and the lens of compassion is one that's about care, because I believe we, one another, we care about one another, yeah. but then the actionable part of that. How do you add action to care? And that's where compassion comes from. And so without those foundational discussions with him, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today. I would still be thinking about how do we build this box and put the issue in the box and yeah. try and fix it rather than how do we change the culture of how we see each other. And I've, I've come to understand that a community is a circle. Mm -hmm. And I think just like Southridge, you, you create a circle and inside the circle is, is all the people that are part of your community. And there's no one on the outside of the circle. And right. if they are, you guys... Is everyone in? Bring them in. Yeah, is yeah. everyone in the circle? I know that for me, uh, admittedly, when I started to, to get involved in considering uh, Southridge being uh, an agent to serve homelessness, uh, I didn't think we could bring anything to the table because we weren't... Uh, you know, a support service, yeah. you know, in, in situations like that, from the governmental side, we have all kinds of technical supports that we offer. And I thought, you know, we have no technical skills, we bring no capacity. So what could we possibly bring to the table? And it was only after a couple of years where I realized, hey, this shelter, aside from just the basics of, you know, three meals and, and, uh, and the overnight shelter, we're actually bringing the capacity to develop friendship. And it's, as Tim said, it's this friendship that's really making the difference yeah. and helping not replace all of those governmental supports, no. but it's helping thread the needle through them yeah. so that now, as you're describing it, like if we can embrace that underlying posture and be those friends to people, draw them into our circles, 
uh, we can actually have a kind of difference that uh, is is in tandem with those supports that are provided. And it's really been a m- remarkable learning, first of all, for us. And cool to hear that you're able to share that. Um, w- when you kind of stroll the streets of St. Catharines and you're, you're trying to explain uh, this whole idea of compassion to garden variety citizen, what at the end of the day do you want them to understand? I want them to understand that we all choose to get up every morning and look at the world in a certain way. So you, we all make choices and we make hundreds of choices a day. And if one of those choices, the fundamental one, is if you wake up with a, a, a feeling of compassion, how will you approach looking at the homeless person who you've largely been invisible to for all those weeks, months, years, engaging in a conversation, or the woman who has an autistic child that lives on your street that hasn't gone out for dinner for you know, a month at a time, but you haven't really reached out and offered that assistance. Or the, the woman whose husband recently died and she has no family network and you haven't knocked on the door to say, hey, is, can I, do you want to go for a walk? We make choices, and I think the choices we make more and more are insular, they're individual, yeah. they're self-advancing. Self, self-advancing. And I, I understand that. We, we live in a society that, that promotes that. But if we're going to break the cycles of poverty, if we're going to really deal with addictions and, and issues that are facing a more folks today than they were a long time ago, we have to put our shoulder down. We have to wake up and have that lens of compassion because each of us can make a big difference if we just look at our world in a, in a, in a different way. Hmm. That with that care plus action uh, equation, that every single one of us every single day can make that choice. Yep. Now, that moves the conversation into your uh, vision, really, for the city, and I would say that in an extended way for the region, uh, that you campaigned on. Probably one of your largest campaign platforms was this vision of a compassionate city. Um, What are the basics of that? Like, what, in your mind, makes a compassionate city? I think, first of all, it's how city... City as a corporation, so we got 600 plus employees, 900 with when you include part-time casual, and we touch all points of the city. We have the parks, the arenas, the libraries, the aquatic centers. We plow your streets. We look after your sidewalks. We trim your trees. We are in every corner of this community, and so if we we need to ensure that our own employees have that lens of compassion, so that when a, a parks worker is in the park and they see a homeless person who's clearly been living there for a period of time, that it's not simply you drive your tractor around and keep going. You make a note of it. You have the, the knowledge and the power to make a phone call to a community right. care, to a Southridge shelter, yeah. to a, a Canadian mental health agency where you're able to say, I've, I'm observing this in the park. We weren't necessarily doing that as part of our corporate being. So we're now embarking on a training program that Tim has designed that takes staff through an experiential learning of Compassionate City and what, it lo- what, it, what does it look like. And looking at the invisible side of our community. Yeah, so to our develop staff. that lens of what you never saw before. Exactly. So that those 600 people, you know, and they when they're it. flooding the rings to the four pad, I see them there. Yeah. And they see someone with an accessibility issue. They view that differently because... They have a different lens. They've been given the confidence and the direction and, and the the encouragement to use that lens. Any other kind of core strategies or initiatives that you have in mind for the, the compassionate sort of citywide movement on mass? 
There's affordable housing. So we have a, a project taking place on Carlton Street, and it's the first Niagara Regional Housing Project that's been built in St. Catharines since 1977. So this is fundamental because we do have a significant waiting list in the region on housing. And so we have to do a better job of creating more affordable housing in our community. Now, I'll, 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 I will say this. When that project was announced, we had a lot of folks go, I don't want those people living in my neighborhood. And that that bothers me as a, as, 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 a, as a leader, and it bothers me as an individual in our community. For someone to say, I don't want those people living beside me. That's the circle. It, it was, uh, again, my, the, the switch went on with me, and I started challenging people, go, describe those people. I put in words what those people look like. Yeah. And from a faith-based organization, and I've, I've talked about this before, where if, where would Jesus walk if he were here today? He wouldn't, he wouldn't be in City Hall. He wouldn't be walking up and down the stairs, I tell you that. And he wouldn't be at Brock University. And he wouldn't be at Niagara College. He'd be walking Centennial Park. He'd be at the bus terminal. He'd be at the shelter. And he'd be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, it wouldn't just be a Sunday thing. And so the projects that we're working on is, is really about affordable housing. It's intermissible transit so that a person who can't afford a car can get to a job. When you look at the breaking the cycles of poverty, you got to tackle the bigger issues that are keeping people in that place of financial insecurity. And when it comes to mental addictions, when it comes to uh, mental illness and, and drug addictions, supporting things like Pathstone Children's Mental Health and, and the new Branscombe uh, Mental Health Center in, in St. Catharines. And not just supporting it with dollars, but supporting it with resources and, and making sure that we get enough volunteers working in there. And so... These are all the, 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 the ways that we build a compassionate city. And it's not just a city-led thing. It's supporting Southridge. It's supporting community care. It's supporting the YW and, and making sure that more of us are getting engaged. Because it's easy. I'm telling you, Jeff, it's easy just to say someone else is working on it. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to ask, you're, you're two years in-ish. Uh, what's been the hardest thing or the thing that surprised you the most that you didn't realize would be difficult? Uh the pace at which government moves. <laughs> I'm not used to that. I'm, hey, man. I, it is. And it's, you, you I, I'm, I'm by nature, I want to get things done. And I want to get things done in a, in a, in a, in a way that's efficient and, and quick. In government, uh, there's a lot of check boxes that you have to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of my learnings have been, I was, I was a very impatient individual that probably got in the way of some good thinking, but because of my impatience to let's get down that road, it had an impact. And so I think now, <clears throat> while I realize government, there's an inertia in government that takes a while to, to get things through, the more people you have pushing, the more effective it is. So I think what we're doing now is more outreach, hmm. getting out there and saying, we as a city need to move in this direction. So getting more hands pushing on that, that movement. Any, uh, any great stories that have just overwhelmed you, warmed your heart, where you thought like, wow, that's, that's why I became mayor. That's what I've tried to contribute to. I think it's the, it's the, the tapping into our corporate culture as a city where they were, we have staff who wanted to embrace this new way of thinking mm-hmm. and for whatever reason weren't given the, the sense of, of acceptance to do it. And so we've created, we've set the table and the staff are now the ones that are preparing the meal. 
and they're doing it in such an effective way. And, and the, the, the kind of wow moments are after learning about the Compassionate City project within the city, having staff come up and say, <clears throat> Mr. Mayor, I was walking my dog and there was always this individual who's on the other side of the road, or I would always walk to the other side of the road when this individual came. And after this project or after this, this training session, I actually stayed on the same sidewalk and we had a conversation for the first time yeah. ever because I stayed on the sidewalk. And this was, after a while, it was a very engaging individual. And I had a woman come across the, the street and say to me, I heard your Compassionate City address and I approached this homeless man that I have ignored for forever. And I offered to give him $5 and he said, I don't want $5, but if you can go buy me and you a coffee, I'd like to have a coffee with somebody. And she sat on a park bench and had a coffee with him. And she goes, I would never have done that. And now when I see him, I, I say hi and we have a, a short exchange. That was his name. That's the kind of impact that I, it warms me up because I think our community was ready for this. Mm. I think the work that the faith groups are doing, I think what Southridge is doing is you live that and, and you're getting more of your family to see it. Yeah. And what we're doing is we're, we're sort of, we're taking the, the holistic wide community and saying, hey, let's, let's all do this together. Mm. And there's a lot of people ready for it. That's fantastic. And final question on this. Uh, for those of us who are just, you know, garden variety citizens wondering how we can participate in or advance this compassionate city movement, uh, give us a couple practical thoughts. Practical thoughts. I, I would say first think about how you look at your neighborhood. Think about how you look at the place you work and, and the surrounding space around where you work and ask yourself if you had that lens of compassion, which is you care plus the action. How could you make a difference in where you live and work? What is what is one thing you can do? And and when when you stack that together, when you start building on that way of thinking, and you make a small small change in your approach in the first week, you'll find. And I find it myself because I'm I'll be the first one to say it. it's a challenge to always have that compassionate thinking. Too. Yeah. I'm on the journey, and and it's there's been many times where. I've been in a rush and there's been an individual that you can see needs something at that moment. And it's easy for us just to say, I'm in a rush. I got to go. And taking that extra moment to think, okay, how can I make a small difference here? I'm telling you the impact that it has on your own life. And then those around you, your brothers and sisters, your mom and dads, your kids, it, it just starts to cascade and your relationships with your your family and friends start to change because you take that lens of compassion. Yeah. What would it look like for all of us to, to a greater degree, live our ordinary everyday workplace, neighborhood, you know, hockey rink kind of life with a, a lens of compassion first and foremost, and uh, to do small care plus action things to draw people into our circle that normally wouldn't be. I mean, it's really that simple, as profound as it could be for, for all of us to engage in. Uh, I want to shift gears for a minute because I'd love to get some of your thoughts as a civic leader on the role of faith communities. Right. Um, you know, we certainly have a view of the role that government can play in bettering society. Uh, on the other side of that fence, how do you view uh, people of faith and faith communities being able to contribute to a, a better fabric of society? Well, again, I think it's the, the teachings that you've brought to your family and the teachings of caring for people, the teachings of helping one another. So, 
you've set the example with the shelter. Other faith groups are doing community gardens. They're doing out of the cold programs as well. They're serving, they're serving those who can afford a, a meal throughout the winter time. And you look at what the churches and the, the faith organizations are doing in St. Catharines, they're actually the backbone of a lot of our, our, our social cohesion. They're, they're the ones that are holding, holding down the fort. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, without faith groups, we would be in a lot of trouble. And I say this because it's the work that you're doing as, as, a, as a faith organization is, is the work of, of God and the teachings of Jesus. And you, you look at, if you took that out of community, who would do the heavy lifting? And I don't know who, like it, it, I struggle to see who, where some of the heavy lifting would come from. Now, in your circles, again, traveling in a lot of worlds outside of the church bubble or umbrella that we live in so much of the day, I'll ask it this way. What do normal people think of the church and the role that it plays in society? Well, it's an interesting question. And I say that honestly, yeah. Jeff, because you, you look at the fragmentation of media and how people viewed religion 30 years ago when it was largely a, a Sunday construct. Yeah. Catholic, you go to church on Saturday, yeah. get it out yeah. of the way on Saturday. <laughs> you can spend Sunday doing whatever you want. And it was one of those things where it was it was what you did, or at least it, that was the feeling, it was what you did on one day. And what you're seeing today, and I think we're out of the cold is a great example, is that it's an exa- it's 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 the embracing of churches and just once a day. And, and what does church mean to those beyond the, the, the walls of church? When they see the out of the cold program, when they see the shelter, when they see community gardens, that's the kind of visual cue that, oh, okay, this isn't just a Sunday thing. Mm. This is a community thing. And going into the doors of a church and seeing what they do and the impact that they have, not just on them as a congregation, but their surrounding community, that's where I think you start to awaken in a lot of people that feeling that community is more than just the individual. Yeah, I hope you guys are catching this because we talk a lot about a a vision of church that's more than just a place that you attend for an hour or so a week, but a way of life that we can live together, making a difference in our our society. It's actually, though, as we're living that life, that we create a whole different kind of accessibility, not just to the church, but to to embracing what faith can be because that former def- definition of church comes with a synonymous definition of faith that's kind of uncompelling right. for ordinary people. But, you know, to be part of a movement like that is actually something that would intrigue people if only we could live that to a, to a greater degree. Um, do you feel that in Niagara, the church as a whole um, is hurting or helping the condition of our world? Oh, it's definitely helping. Okay. I, I think the struggles that we've gone through, whether whether it's looking at the 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 fractions of religion when you look at what's happening in, in, in other cities around the world with um, the extremism and, and that that rigidity that people are bringing to a specific part of their religion and how the, the Muslim faith and the Christian faith and the Jewish faith are, are saying no, like that, that's, the, that's not representative of our faith and how faith, the faith groups are embracing the LBGT community and how without faith, it would, that's the heartwarming stories mm-hmm. that you hear more about is 
that that while there is different faith groups, they all believe in this this the, the, this power of of one, the power of that we're we're strong together, and you know love conquers all. Yeah. We've got to keep focused on love is stronger than hate, and so I think what what we're seeing as at least the community in St. Catharines is that faith groups are actually leading that um, movement where mm. this is not about alienation. This is not about us versus them. This is not about bigotry and racism. And this is, this is about God's house is a house for everybody. Mm. And anyone who stands up and says that it's not a house mm. for any, any, clearly hasn't read the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We felt, you know, for years that <laughs> the, the amount of division within the Christian church and the amount of polarization of the Christian church to the surrounding world can actually you know, be more of a detriment to the movement of God and the heart of Christ in the world than you know, some of those positive contributions that you see practically in soup kitchens and serving the homeless and, and things like that. And so I think there's a little bit of good, bad, and ugly as far as the impact that the church can have on a community. But it's interesting to, it's interesting to, to hear your heart on what people assume and expect a church to be. And when it works, it can, it can captivate them. Uh, brings us to a, a bit more personal question. I know that you and I have chatted a couple times about your own faith background, your own faith journey. And I'm curious, just on behalf of all of us at, at Southridge, not just uh, from your perspective personally, but for all the Walter Sensics that are in our neighborhoods and, and just wanting to live great lives in Niagara and contribute back and, and live lives of meaning and purpose. What do you need from a church community to help stimulate and encourage your life, even from a spiritual perspective? Or what, what are you looking for a church to be to be relevant to you? I think it's, again, it's a, it's a, it's a I wouldn't say it's a tough question. It's an introspective question. Mm -hmm. So from an intros, introspective position, Faith is is about spirituality. It's it's about connecting with something that's larger than the the four walls that you live in and the car that you drive in. It, there is a fundamental energy there that you can either harness it or you can ignore it. And I think we go through these ebbs and flows as 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 human beings, where we're taught about faith and we're taught about it from a very teacher student perspective, whether it's your parents or your pastor, it's teacher student. And then you go through a phase where you, you actually have to open the door and the door has to stay open. And a lot of folks close that door and yeah. they go through their own personal journey and yeah. without, without spirituality and faith. And then when the door opens again, they walk through it and they have that stronger sense of, I think, spirituality. There's, there's a, there's a positive energy there. And so where where my journey is, is on that journey of spirituality and, and harnessing the, the larger energy that's sometimes incomprehensible to a lot of folks yeah, yeah. and trying to figure out where you fit in that whole puzzle. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, God's moving everything around and where are you, how are you moving in there? And so opening up that door and harnessing that energy is, is an important part of it. And I think what again, faith groups in the Southridge and, and other churches offer is that opportunity to, to be in that space where you can open the door and have that conversation and be amongst people who actually also are looking to have that conversation. So I, I don't know if I explained it right, but that's, that's 
my feeling. Yeah, are you trying to even figure out whose circles you can be part of? And would hope that you know that you know that you know that when it comes to Southridge, you know, we want everyone to feel like they can be part of that circle. I know you and your family well. Our kids are friends, and it's uh, it's neat to be on that on that journey with you. Um, because you were gracious enough to answer that question, we're going to give you a free shot. And uh, if you want to just address uh, our audience from across our locations, if there's anything else that you'd want to encourage or challenge us with uh, as far as, you know, whether it's living out our faith with integrity or just being the kind of citizens that you would want us to be uh, to realize this vision of a compassionate city, have a free shot at us. Have a free shot at <laughs> Uh, what I would say is that the Niagara community, there's so much opportunity that's in front of us. And we can either harness that opportunity or we can look away, turn away, and we can focus on the negatives that draw us in and we get into dispute. We're, I'm looking to move and I'm, I'm hoping through my leadership as mayor and what we're seeing with other leaders in the community, including yourself, Jeff, is that we're going down that road of, of positive way of living, a, a compassionate way of living. And it's not just a St. Catharines construct. It, it's a Niagara way of living. And the more, we, the more we embrace that, the more we see our opportunities instead of our failings, the more that we look to one another for strength, not weakness, I think that's where we're actually going to harness what, what's right in front of us. And so we're going to look back 10 years from now and we're going to say, St. Catharines, Niagara, you were standing here. You were you know, 50th out of, out of, out of uh, 100 places to live. And 10 years from now, we're going to be number one. And we're going to be number one because we're all going to be rowing in the right direction. We're all going to be walking in the right direction. We're all going to be part of this message and this way of new way of thinking that actually is, is about standing in the circle and everyone that you look to your left and right, front and back, they're all inside the circle. And that's going to make our community stronger. And we're only stronger. We're only as strong as our, our weakest link. And I think what Southridge has shown is that you know when you offer the hand of friendship, when you help lift someone up as a community, it takes a village. And that's what we're doing here. Hmm. Thanks so much for visiting with us today. Thank really you appreciate you giving us some time. And uh, hope that you know from the perspective of our locations and our church community as a whole. Uh, that we want you to be able to count on us and we want, you know, even from a regional perspective for you guys to be able to count on us uh, to be a part of this movement. We would describe it as advancing the kingdom of God. Uh, in English, I think in a lot of ways, it's about advancing this, this underlying culture of a more compassionate city. We want to be uh, the hands and feet of Christ in the part of the world where God's placed us. Uh, but we feel like that can dovetail with what our government's doing in just a beautiful partnership. And we really appreciate you including us in that. So Thank thanks for sitting down with us today. Gang, happy Canada Day. Let's celebrate uh, this land that we get to live in and consider the responsibility that each of us have, not just as followers of Jesus, but as citizens in this part of the world where God's placed us as we work together with our neighbors uh, to make this a better place. Have a great day, guys.